0: The text of the sermon this day is taken from Luke chapter 1, verse 5, specifically these words. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abiah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That little, that verse that I just read is a verse that, on the surface, seems like that's just kind of random to have as this focus of the text. Well, in case you don't know, we're obviously we're following a sermon series, and the person that kind of left the guide to this was Dr. Reed Lessing. He was a professor, at one time he was a professor at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and the way he dissected this text and i looked at him like boy i would have never thought of that but i started reading it it's, it is a pair a sentence that has some very significant details first off is there is the historical reality that is being presented there is herod which by the way the gospel of luke is chock full of these type of things where he references something, some individual in history. So, for example, if you know Luke chapter 2, which you'll hear on December 24th, you hear the mentioning of Caesar Augustus. You'll hear about Quirinius, who was governor. If you read about the baptism of Jesus, you read about Tiberius. You read about all these different, different historical figures. And the reason is, is Luke is helping you figure out when this happened. He's showing that this happened somewhere in history. So the inclusion of Herod kind of begins to get you to to the idea as to what year this is happening. Because Herod most likely died about 4 B.C. or B.C.E. if that's the way you prefer it. But he 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 died, I should say, in 4 B.C. And so you take in the Gospel of Matthew and how he killed all the children. You can kind of get an idea as to what year this probably would have happened. And that's probably about 5 or 6 BC. And then you had this detail about Zechariah being of the division of Abiah. I don't know if you realize that actually gives you a time of the year. Because he is, every division had a specific time, ta- two specific times times of the year that they served in the temple. And so in the case of the division of Abiya, the two times they served was either in mid-March to early April, or mid-September to early October. So like right around the time of Yom Kippur was when they would be serving. Which by the way, if you were to add six months, to that, now is when Jesus is announced. That would be about March, and you add nine months, you have December. December 25th actually is not as far off from Christ- the birth of Jesus as many think. Possibly, it could also be in June. It's one of those two days. It could be end of March or the end, of- the end of December or the end of June. But that little text actually gives you that historical data. But then there's the other part, is the fact that in one sentence Luke mentions Herod and he mentions Zechariah, two completely polar opposite people in a single sentence. So Herod, who was known as Herod the Great, he's called Herod the Great because of the incredible project he did in the city of Jerusalem, namely the restoration of the second temple. He made it much more attractive. He did a lot of building projects. He made the city look much better than it was, but he had a major character flaw. He had an incredible ego. His desire he wanted everyone's attention. He wanted everyone paying attention to him. And if anybody would take away his authority or his glory, he would consider it a threat. In fact, he became very paranoid when it came to his rule. So paranoid that at one point he killed, he killed two different wives and he killed three sons in order to, because he thought they were involved with a, with a insur, plan of insurrection to overthrow him. It's for this reason that Caesar Augustus said it is better to be Herod's pig than Herod's son, because Herod, being a Jew, would never kill, a, would never eat pork. So he's more likely to kill his son than a pig. But then you even add into it was when he was about on his deathbed. So he died about the age of 69. And he knew he was about to die. And he also knew that no one was going to mourn his death because of his brutality. And so he decided, if no one's gonna cry about me, I'm gonna give them something to cry about. So he ordered his leading top people to gather all the leaders of Jerusalem And bring them into a single room. And on the moment that Herod died, they were to execute all of the leaders. So that way, at least the people would be crying about something when he died. Fortunately, none of the people went through with it. When he died, they are like, go about your business. And they did nothing to them. Because they knew it was a bad idea. But that is the type of person Herod was. He was obsessed with keeping his status. And the thing is, is on the grand scale, none of, most of us probably, okay, none of us are ever going to be doing anything like Herod did. None of us will have the authority that Herod did. But the thing is is that every single one of us has a desire to ultimately keep our kingdom. There's a, there, we will go to such a degree sometimes that we will protect our kingdom, even at the expense of others. I mean, think about how how much advice on internet or what pop culture advice is—you just worry about you. Don't worry about anyone else. Basically, protecting one's own kingdom. And that was the temptation in the garden originally you will be like God and that has been our desire ever since and it still is we want to have some piece of the pie that we are God much like Herod again we may not go to we don't do as extreme of things as he did but little subtle moments, little subtle places in our lives, we find ourselves trying to scheme to keep what is our kingdom. And sometimes we know we do things, we think things, we say things that we know we never should have. I and mean, we even do this as a child. I mean, how many times is a kid like, "No, that's my toy." Or, and they, you know, they might get in a fight over it. They might get a fight over what? No, that is my... I, I want the, the toy out of the cereal box. Or something like that. How many little things like that do we fight for territoriality? We have the same inherent sinful nature as Herod. So, Zechariah. So we're, ta- we're doing this comparison, this basically this comparison of two families. You have Herod, who kills his sons. Zechariah, who would give anything to have a son at this point. Zechariah is said to be righteous. And so was Elizabeth. Nobody would ever make, make the mistake and say that Herod was a righteous one. What's the difference? Is Zechariah a guy that has no sin, no difficulties? Well, in our text, we see, yeah, he's he too is a sinner. We actually see this, that when he is visited by the angel, the angel tells him that his wife in her old age is going to be pregnant. This Zechariah is a man, you know, he is a man of God. He he knows the scriptures inside and out, so he would know that Sarah, in her old age, was pregnant. He He would know about Rachel. He would know about Hannah being pregnant with Samuel. He would know about all these miraculous pregnancies in the Old Testament. And yet, when he's talking to Gabriel, an angel from God, in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, he doesn't. Believe it. So we see, and by the way, the consequence is he can't talk for nine months. How many of you can make it could make it nine months without being able to speak? Some of you like, all right, getting through church is tough enough. But nine months he would go silent because he did not believe. So he was, he was weak. He, he had a sinful nature. He didn't have full confidence in God. So why was he righteous? Faith. He believed in Yahweh. even Because remember, in the scriptures, Jesus himself would say that if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you couldn't say a mountain to move from, tell a mountain to move from this place to that. He, his faith may not have been as strong as it could have been. It's not ideally strong, but he did have faith. In the Old Testament, it tells us that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Righteousness comes by Grace through faith. Herod had no faith. In fact, when you get into the Gospel of Matthew, when he finds out that the, he greets the Magi or visits with them, and they say that the king, king of the Jews is to be born, he didn't say, oh yeah, he went and tried to kill him. He killed several children just to stop it. So he definitely did not have faith. In fact, he thought he could stop the plan of God. Zachariah, on the other hand, was faithful. Even though he was muted, he still remained the faithful father. And when the time came, his name was John, the name of the child. And you see that child. That would be in his, mother, in his wife's womb. He would be born for one purpose. And that is to, pay, to prepare the way. To point to his cousin. To his cousin who would be born in Bethlehem. His cousin who would show up one day at the Jordan River. And to which he would say, behold the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world away. The one whom he would baptize in that very river. That's why this child was born for, was for, to prepare the way for his cousin. His cousin who would, who would preach and teach throughout the, throughout the region and eventually would be led to the cross, led to where he would have nails in his hands and his feet. And he would die a slow, agonizing death on his cross. And it is by that death, by that agonizing death, that salvation was for Zachariah, for Elizabeth, for John, even though he all three of them would have been had died by, by that time. They were redeemed by the blood of their cousin. He had faith in god's promises it is by grace through faith that righteousness comes not about whether you sin too much not about whether or not you've done enough good deeds but purely by the gift of god held on to by faith you are made righteous just like zachariah But apart from faith, apart from faith in the one true God, there is no righteousness. As in the case of Herod. Really, right there in that sentence, Herod and Zechariah, the two families. You have the case of one of faith, one in rebellion to God. The one who is faithful is righteous on account of that faith. The one in rebellion stands condemned. So the prayer is that we, like Zachariah, would trust in the Lord, would trust in Christ, believe in his promises that when you that he came and he bled and he died for you, that while you were still sinners. He died for you, trusting his promise that in the waters of baptism you are cleansed, you are made his. Trusting that when you receive the bread and wine, it, that you receive the body and blood of Jesus in, with, and under it for the forgiveness of your sins. You trust his word unto the end, keeping your eyes on him who is crucified, that cousin of John by whom Zachariah was redeemed, by whom you are redeemed. Till he he returns to reign, to him be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting.